If you are a fan of the natural elements and seasonal changes, waterfalls and rocks, you can all experience this on a bridge that stands atop of Fall Creek on the campus of Cornell University. This uh, bridge is called the Thurston Avenue Bridge and approximately 8,500 vehicles, 950 pedestrians, and 60 bicycles travel on that bridge every day. Yet the Thurston Avenue Bridge is also notorious for something. It's notorious for the number of suicides on the campus. Among those suicides was a student who had a 3.95 grade point average, you know, that's out of four. Someone who had no history of mental issues. Someone who left a note on his computer saying that his life was utterly futile and offered an apology to anyone who would be hurt by his decision. Let me state that Cornell does not have a disproportionate number of suicides on campus. You know, a long time ago, while on my own campus discernment, I remember that the tour guide specifically highlighted suicide points and various points on this trip where things like that had occurred. Specifically referencing one of the bridges over the Cayuga Lake that flows through the campus. And as I was reflecting on this this week, I learned a new word. And I'm going to offer this word for our collective vocabulary. It's a hard word to say, but maybe it's a word that will stick with us. The word is this. Performanicism. Performanicism. Performanicism, according to writer David Zoll, is the assumption, usually unspoken, that there is no distinction between what we do and who we are. For example, your resume isn't just part of your identity. Your resume is your identity. According to performanticism, what makes you as an individual lovable, indeed, what makes your life worth living, is your performance. In the case of a Cornell engineering student, it might mean one's inability to master physical chemistry makes one think that they are not worthy to be an engineer and makes that person think that because of that their entire life is not worth living. Life becomes a pressure cooker. Now there's no definitive data on the subject, yet Bill Alexander, Alexander at the University of Pennsylvania writes 
that a lot of schools face problems with students being driven to their breaking points. Think about it. As tens of thousands of people who are already type A, they come into a fishbowl. They're academically very talented and aggressive. And this causes an extreme sense of stress in this fishbowl. Performanticism is the aggressive, self-driven point where one's life, one's self-worth is realized only in getting the best grades, the most lucrative job offers after graduation, or measuring one's worth on the prestige of the graduate school one goes to. It holds that if you are not doing enough, or not doing well enough, you are not enough. Now, I know that most of us sitting here are done with school. So what relevance does this have on any of us? Well, performanticism takes the shape of self-talk. The dialogue is, we're not rich enough or wealthy enough. We're not fit enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not handsome enough. We're not smart enough. We are not capable enough. Or simply, we are not enough. Yet here's the good news. As we listen to this dialogue that goes on, this idolatry that goes on in ourselves, we have the vision of the gospel. In today's gospel, Jesus is preparing the disciples for a future without his physical presence. He promises them of his continued presence with them when he leaves the, the earth. And central to this promise is the procession of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. St. Paul, in today's epistle to the Romans, reminds us that in the Spirit of Truth, it is that spirit that prompts us to know that we are justified by faith and not by what we do. Let's just focus on the word justified for one minute. In the Greek and Aramaic rendering of that word, to be justified can be understood to be made righteous. Yet the Aramaic or the Peshitta rendering goes a little further. There's another shade of meaning that comes to the surface. It says that being justified by faith means that we fit right with God. We are right-fitting before God. We are able to experience God's love as meat and right. A perfect fit for our lives by faith and not by the things that we do not by works, not by performanticism. God's love for us is not contingent on how we perform on differential equations, the job that we have, or the prospects that are out there, our bank account or lack thereof, our credit score or lack thereof, our self-perception of our beauty, or the Facebook and Instagram likes that we may or may not have. Because by faith we are adopted, 
adopted children of God. In God, we are drawn to the spirit of truth. Let's just go back to the gospel for today. The Greek word for truth is aletheia. Now, this word is derived from the Greek notion of lethe, the Greek word lethe. And if you remember your Greek mythology, lethe is a river. Lethe is also a state of being where something is not remembered. It's the state of being unaware or even unconscious at times. In Plato's Republic in Book 10, mention is made of, riving, of drinking of the river Lethe before being reborn so that we can forget. As Christians, we have a different understanding of rebirth. We partake of rebirth through the waters of baptism, the river of life. Following the baptism of rebirth, we remember who we are in God. Baptism is our entry point to remember and not to forget who we are in God. For we are marked as God's own, sealed with God's Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth forever. We receive the spirit of truth and we recognize that we have all fallen and have all come short and that there is no help in and by ourselves. We swim in the water of new life, prompted by the Holy Spirit. And that allows for us to become more aware, aware of the lethe, or the falsehood, that flows in the world. You know, the lethe, the river that says that you are not enough? In contrast, we have the new waters of life that gives us a much different version and vision and leads us to the spirit of truth in order to become born again, born anew. It is to swim the waters of truth versus the waters of lethe that is part and parcel of the Christian journey. To swim in the waters that say that in Christ you are enough and you swim away from the shores of the river Lethe, which constantly gives you the self-talk. Do more, achieve more, for if you don't, you will neither be accepted nor loved. The water of truth and life come from grace freely given, yet costly to embrace, and draws us towards who we are in Christ a child of the living and very present God. So my question to you, beloved, for today is this. Examine which body of water do you swim in? Do you swim in Lake Lethe or Performanticism? Or do you swim in the river of truth, the river of faith? Now, if you are drowning, in the lake of performanticism, in Lake Lethe. Let me just give you this. Jesus provides for you a life jacket. It's the life jacket of hope, and it enables you to swim ashore. Once ashore, it is that hope that inspires you to take the risk of faith, that gives you the power to swim in the river of truth. So the question is this. 
if you are drowning, are you ready to take that life jacket?